When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The teacher's eye twitched nervously when he looked at me. I stood in front of him, nervously rubbing my notebook. The girls were whispering and laughing, but the boys were ready to eat me up with their amorous stares. Katie, I have never seen a student like you. The teacher's voice quivered. Either you answer my question or you go straight to the principal. I squealed like a mouse. The boys were all gasping with emotion, and there was hysterical laughter among the girls. It was the toughest test I'd ever had. Hi, my name is Katie, and I'm actually a genius, but I have to pretend to be stupid to get guys to like me. Before this school year, I went to another school, and I had my picture up on all the honor boards. I could compete with a lot of the teachers in terms of knowledge, and our physicist even quit after arguing with me and through a real tantrum on the principal. After fifth grade, I stopped doing homework altogether because I was so good at it, and I had a place at Yale already secured. But my life wasn't like a fairy tale. I guess it's no secret that guys don't like girls who are too smart. I have a beautiful appearance, but my intelligence scared away all the admirers. When I was on another date, I'd get a little carried away and I'd start discussing the stages of evolution, the boundaries of the universe, or the splitting of atoms. The guys would just blow right off, and they wouldn't even talk to me at school. But I wanted love so bad, more than anything. So, when I got transferred to a new, better school in the state, I decided to change my life. Why do I need brains that outshine my beauty? I want a boyfriend, I want dates and attention. So, I decided to play dumb. And according to my calculations, it was going to help me. The first day, I went to school as a living doll. The guys were drooling, but the girls were a little wary. I'm a quick thinker, so I went straight to the breach. Walking down the corridor, I supposedly tripped next to a handsome man. And he just happened to catch me. Baby, are you okay? He played with his eyebrows. Wow, you're strong. I squeezed his biceps. Are they made of steel? I just work out a lot. He answered proudly. And I drink protein. Do you drink them right? How much protein do you consume? What's your protein base? And is it certified? The guy's look immediately changed. He was batting his eyes stupidly. And I think he froze. I'm getting carried away again. What the hell was that curse? Okay, that was a slip. But I almost made it. I decided to change tactics and try my luck with a smarter guy. 
After picking the best-looking one in biology class, I paired up with him. Everything was going great. I was dumb as hell, and he felt like a real hero. He even put his palm on mine. It took my breath away. But what is he doing? This isn't right at all. I took the guy's microscope away. Are you an idiot? It's so clear. What the hell did you write? Katie, I... The poor guy started stuttering, and I started to rewrite the whole thing in a frenzy. And by the time I realized what I'd done, the guy had already run away. And from that moment on, he was on his way to avoid me. What a genius idiot I am. Even zombie wouldn't eat my brain. I'm too smart. But I invented a new tactic, and I joined the company of beautiful fools. Around them, the guys walk like a herd of buffalo at the watering hole. I couldn't understand how it was possible. Even cats are smarter than these girls. Even my microwave knows more tasks than they do. The only thing that saved me was that I am a fast learner and could adapt to their strange behavior. Pretty soon, I could pretend to be so stupid that my brain was catching critical errors. And it worked. I was hit on by a real hottie. Pete and I went on a date, and this strong man was literally carrying me in his arms. I had never heard so many compliments about myself before. One day, he took me to the gym to show how strong he was. Wow, what a barbell. I went over to the dumbbells and looked at them stupidly. It's dumbbells, he proudly announced and hugged me. You don't know anything about it, do you, cat? No, will you show me? Sure, baby. That's a kettlebell. He held up a huge kettlebell, and I was fascinated by his muscles. And this is where I set my record. No one can beat me. Pete went over to the weight machine, set his maximum weight, and pushed the lever as hard as he could. I'm super-powered, you know? I'm like Superman. And then I started shaking with anger. My brain was screaming, and it became hysterical. Even my eyes went black. Superman, that's just leverage. I went over to the simulator. I made the lever longer, and I adjusted it. And then I put my little weight on it and did the same thing Pete did. It's basic physics. What is wrong with you, Pete? How can you be so stupid? There was laughter from all sides of the guys. Pete's lip trembled, and he ran away. And I slapped my forehead with my palm. I'd ruined it again. I was already desperate, thinking it was all useless. Plus, my studies made my teachers furious. I came in here with the best performance, but in reality, I couldn't solve an elementary example because of my disguise. My parents were hysterical, and I made up stupid excuses. I was getting ready to get smart, but then I met Caleb, a musician from the parallel class with an angelic voice. He was incredibly handsome and cool, though he was on the verge of dropping out. I don't need to study. I'm a musician, he was saying, but Caleb was so charming that I fell in love. He wooed me beautifully, composed songs, and gave me the most unforgettable dates. You're so good to me, Cat. You're so simple, not like those nerds. I hate nerds, I murmured, melting in his arms. I was finally done messing things up. My brain was just shutting down from love, but at the end of the semester, the midterm test began, which brought me back from the dream world. Caleb 
was so bad at studying that he wasn't even bothered. He'd be expelled for sure, and so would I. The teachers wanted to get rid of me on principle and wrote angry messages to my previous principal. Yeah, I really screwed him over. He vouched for me. So, in another algebra class, I got axed with an elementary question. Caleb was staring at me with love, and the teacher was freaking out. Boyfriend or career? A choice that seemed impossible to me. That's where I started my story. Sit down, cat, the teacher said nervously. You can go right after class and sign the expulsion papers. No! I came up to the blackboard. Give me your tasks, all of them. And I solved them all by writing all over the blackboard and even the wall. The kids looked at me with their mouths open, and it was like the teacher saw a ghost. Lesson after lesson, I amazed everyone. I pulled all my grades in just a few days, and the teachers, even the principal, saw me as a real treasure. But Caleb wasn't thrilled. So you're a nerd, he said disappointedly. Yes, but we're good together. You lied to me. You're a crammer, cat. I don't mess with nerds. You're a fool. I got angry. You'll get expelled. You won't even be able to play music. All the rock stars were nerds. He retorted. When? The 80s? Ow. This is the 21st century. Give me a break, cat. You have homework to do. He left. And I was filled with anger. How could he treat life like that? He'll ruin himself and be nothing. I stormed into his rehearsal room, blazing with anger. Come here, I said sternly and dragged the boy by the hand. What, are you out of your mind? Just drop your guitar already. I was as unstoppable as a snow avalanche. When I took Caleb back to my house, I locked the room where my books were already prepared. Cat, are you out of your mind? Sit down and listen. I sat down next to him, textbook in hand. Get away from me, why are you doing this? Because I love you, you fool. I won't let you get kicked out of school, understand? I'm not gonna read any stupid textbooks. You won't, just listen. You're a musician and you're better at hearing information. That's why it's hard for you to memorize lyrics. I made Caleb listen to himself. We took breaks for tea and conversation. And then I'd go back to hammering it into him. The kid didn't like it, but I managed to teach him for days at a time. Cat, that's it, that's it, I don't like it. Okay, I crossed my arms around my chest. My anger, overwhelming. School's not my thing, cat. Yeah, you're better off living with your parents until you're old. Work at the diner, play guitar in your spare time. Maybe even play at a cafe or two. Good luck, Caleb. When he left, I cried. I'd fallen in love for the first time, kissed for the first time, and he ruined everything. When he gets expelled, we'll never see each other again. He doesn't want someone like me. And I guess it wasn't love for him. For a week straight, all I listened to was the song that Caleb had dedicated to me. And then, in a heartbreak, I deleted it. I made my choice. But as soon as I did, I heard the same song from across the street. Caleb? I almost fell out the window. I'm sorry, cat. I'm an idiot. Caleb put the guitar down, and then he showed me his textbooks. I don't want to drop out of school, because that's where I see you. I love you, cat. Will you help me pass my exams? I was so happy. I was ready to fly. 
In the evenings, I taught Caleb on my own, and at night, I recorded audio lessons for him. When he couldn't come to class, he'd listen to my voice on his headphones and learn. Even when he was driving his car around town, I could hear my voice through the speakers. It was exam day, and I couldn't help myself. I gave my boyfriend a big kiss. You can do this, Caleb. Just know that I love you. While we waited for the test results, Caleb wasn't himself. The teachers and principal just chuckled indulgently, and they were surprised he was still in school. Even his friends were convinced that he was going to get kicked out of school. But worst of all, Caleb himself was sure of it. Classes with you were the best time of my life, he said. Caleb looked at me sadly. Thank you, Cat. I won't forget that. I burst into tears, thinking this was the end of our relationship. The next morning, after a sleepless night, I heard screams under the window. It was Caleb, and he looked like a happy puppy and a badass rocker. I passed the test, Cat. I'm staying in school. We can keep our hands off each other for days with joy. Finally, my intelligence was able to help me get on with my personal life and also help the person I love. Even now, Caleb often listens to my records and learns new things. But he doesn't forget about music either. Guys, if you think being smart is a curse, give it up. Intelligence can give you so much more than popularity in school. Don't sacrifice your future for supposed fame. Are there any of you who suffer because of your intelligence? Share your stories in the comments. Like and share this video with your friends. Also, be sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell. No, I'm not going to give up that easily. I thought as I sat in the cave. No one would find me here for sure, except for the group of tourists who'd come here on a field trip. Not only that, I found myself in a terribly uncomfortable situation because I was in a filthy cave in my wedding dress. I got kicked out of there in disgrace. It turned out that I was hiding in the tourist zone. Whoever thought of doing tours in caves? It stinks and is boring as hell. But as soon as I got outside, I was immediately picked up by my fiancé Jacob's men. Oh man, now I really have to get married. Hi, my name's Lily, and my mom's making me get married, so I don't have to be dependent on her anymore. My mother should get the Mother of the Year award, because she's done enough to annoy me over the past year, and also caused me serious injury. It's her fault I broke my arm, because she made me work as a janitor in the winter, and then one morning, when the power went out all over town, I slipped in the dark, fell down, and blacked out. And when I woke up, I had a cast on my arm. I was in terrible pain. But instead of words of encouragement, my mother said, You did it on purpose so you wouldn't have to work. Do I look crazy? No, you're just lazy. You're useless. You can feel sorry for my mother. She's got such a grown-up daughter who's still not working. But the thing is... We're pretty well off, and we don't need anything. But my mother got it into her head that I have to work, because I'm 18 years old now. The thing is, her friend's daughter has been working since she was 16 and helping the family. And my mom hears from her friend all the time about how great her daughter is. And then she blows her brains out that I should set an example. So adopt her! I once got angry. I'm not going to sacrifice my time for your whims! I'm actually at university, and if I work, I wouldn't have time to study.
That's just an excuse, Lily. If you wanted to, you could find a way. I don't want to, so leave me alone. But Mom was determined not to give up. And I found out the next morning when I got into the shower and cold water was pouring down on me. I screamed so loud, the whole neighborhood must have heard me. I ran out of the shower right away and I yelled at my mom and she just shrugged her shoulders and said that the water had been cut off for non-payment because I don't work. So there's no hot water for me. Of course, I knew my mother turned off the heater herself by turning the valve. What are you talking about, daughter? I just didn't have the money to pay the water bill, and no one helps me financially. Soon, we probably won't even have electricity. I got really pissed off, and I had to go to my friend Melissa's house to take a shower. I felt really uncomfortable, but luckily, she understood. Melissa thought my mom was wrong, but I wasn't just lying on the couch all day, with my phone on all day. I'm in school, and I'm an A student. Then my mom started selling stuff that I wasn't buying with my allowance. It was my money, so I'm entitled. Mom, you're crazy. We're doing fine. Why are you ruining it? You don't want to hear me. You don't want to understand me. I was able to get my laptop back, but I had to say goodbye to my old console, a fitness watch, and a new leather jacket. But even that didn't break me, because I kept standing on my ground. My studies would come first, even if I had no fight with my mom about it. And then I had an unexpected surprise. I came home from the university, and I saw a beautifully set table. Mom even bought me a new dress. What's the catch? Are you going to take it away tomorrow? Of course not, honey. Get dressed. We have guests coming over. A family visited us. I immediately noticed a very handsome boy. It turned out to be my mother's colleagues and their son. The guy was shy, but that only added to his charm. He and I had a nice chat about games, movies, and studying. I really liked the guy, but only until I found out something. My mom has a thing for talking loudly on the phone. She thought I'd gone to bed, but in fact, I was finishing my literature essay. And that's when I heard that it wasn't just guests. Turns out, our parents want to marry us. What? But why would mom do that? What's she up to? I ran out of the room right away. I reached the phone out of her hands, and I threw it at the wall, feeling like I was the coolest agent 007 ever. I heard that. What are you up to? If you don't want to work and help me, then you're going to get married. So you don't have to sit on my neck anymore, Lily. I was so shocked. I stood there like an ice-cold statue for a minute. When I came to myself, my mother had already locked herself in the bedroom. No, this is too much. I'm not marrying anyone. Never. Meanwhile, my mother called the family back in for dinner. I dressed up like a real goth. I climbed up on the table. I threw away all the food, and then I started singing Rumstein songs. Well, that's just to scare the guests. You guys are crazy, like the Adams family, the man exclaimed. And we have a coffin in the closet, I said, and I laughed wickedly. The guests immediately ran away in terror, and then I ran out of the house to avoid the hot hand of my wicked mother. I hid at Melissa's and told her everything. My friend suggested an interesting theory. Your mother probably wants you to work for a reason. Maybe she really does have some problems that you don't know about. That seemed like a sensible idea to me. The next day, I went through my mother's things. And I found something interesting. 
Turns out, about six months ago, she got mixed up with scammers who scammed her out of a lot of money. So that's why she wants me to go to work so bad. Mom has debts that for some reason I have to pay off. When I told mom that I knew her secret, she was able to get away with it. I needed money for a gift. You asked so hard for an electric scooter. But I didn't ask to go into debt. That's your problem. We argued for a long time. And the very next day, another fiancé came to visit us. Very wealthy, handsome, but terribly spoiled. I didn't like him at first sight, but my mother begged me to marry him. We'll settle our debts, and then you'll get a divorce. You might even get something in the divorce. Do it for me. No way. However, that guy didn't know how to take no for an answer, and he got us married. But I wasn't going to give up either. So I ran away from my own wedding and hid in a cave. And then you know the rest. And when we danced the first dance, he purposely stepped on my feet. And I responded by throwing a piece of cake at him as a joke. The guests laughed. I laughed too. But Jacob, on the other hand, he was furious. Believe me, I did everything to get him to divorce me. I ruined his food. I burned his clothes with an iron. And once, I sold cheaply through an online store for the goods he was supposed to ship to his business associates in another country. But Jacob remained undeterred. At least, that's what I thought, until we had a social evening. Jacob came on stage, told me how much he loved me and cherished me. And then he showed people a slideshow of wedding photos. Except it wasn't wedding photos. They were mine, shameful ones, which the whole society saw. Now you've lost, Jacob said angrily. Then he came up to me. Let's just get a divorce. I'd love to, except our parents signed a contract, and I have to put up with you for a year. A year? I couldn't believe my ears. I couldn't hold back the tears of despair. Jacob didn't even feel sorry for me. Just like that, I was all alone. It was good that I could go to the university and get support from Melissa. But my mom didn't see how miserable I was. She talked me into staying with Jacob forever because he's insanely rich. And he certainly wouldn't skimp on gifts and expensive things. There's no way in hell I'm staying with that jerk, I screamed. The year went by unbearably slowly, and I finally got my divorce. In the divorce, I had no claim on Jacob's family money, but he gave me $200,000 himself. Buy yourself a house and move away from your crazy mother. My ex-husband said, and then he added, I'm sorry about what happened. It's been a sucky year for both of us. That's for sure, but thanks for the money. I could use it. After the divorce, I immediately bought a house on the coast. It wasn't a new one, but I didn't care. My mother wanted to move in with me. She'd always wanted to move out of that cramped apartment and into a house of her own. Oh no, I'm going to live here alone, I said. Lily, how could you do this to your own mother? How could you do this to your own daughter? You got yourself into debt, and you made me pay it off without thinking about my schooling or what I wanted. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't have this house. I'm the one who made you marry Jacob. Yes, and that was a terrible year, too. Even that 200000 wouldn't make up for it. I don't want to see you. I closed the door in front of my mother, and I cried. I was very hurt that she couldn't understand me, and it hurt even more that I would no longer be able to communicate with her. My mother had betrayed me. Melissa and I renovated my new house together, and then one night... Jacob showed up at my door. Did something happen? 
Yeah, I don't have anybody to talk to, and I have a problem. Jacob told me his business is failing, and he has nowhere else to go, because all his friends and majors had turned their backs on him. My friend wanted him out, because she knew how he humiliated me at that social gathering. No, he's staying. And even though my ex-husband and I weren't friends, he gave me money after the divorce and helped me move out of my mother's house. I helped Jacob come to his senses after he lost his business. I also suggested a good idea for a startup. He loved the idea, but I had to sell the house to make it happen. Melissa thought the guy was going to screw me, but Jacob didn't. Instead, he took a cut, and now we're making money together from the business. The business helped us get closer and become friends. However, no amount of money helped me to reconcile with my mother. She was now resentful of me, but I didn't want to crawl on my knees in front of her either. But I hope that in future, we can forgive each other. Do you think my mom deserved forgiveness? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and subscribe to the channel. I woke up to a loud pop. Frightened, I called out for my boyfriend. Tom! Tom! But Tom wasn't there, so I had to find out what had happened. I cautiously looked through the window. I saw my boyfriend coming down the drain pipe, and some girl was loading bags into it. One of the bags burst, and our family jewels scattered all over the pavement. You can't imagine how shocked I was. Tom, what's going on? I yelled. The guy, meanwhile, jumped to the ground, walked over to the girl, and kissed her defiantly. Then he shouted, I used you to steal your family's money. The whole world came crashing down at the same moment. Tears rolled down my face. Stop. You probably don't know what's going on at all, do you? Let me start from the beginning. My name's Lissa. My parents own a huge factory and were rich. Very rich. How did I meet Tom? And why didn't I realize right away that he was pretending to steal our mansion? One day... I was walking through the mall with my friend Lily. We walked from store to store until we reached the most expensive boutique in town. The name spoke for itself. Luxury. Once inside, we immediately noticed the stunning shoes. Gold color, decorated with rhinestones. Unbelievable. The price was not significant. $200,000. But I fell in love with them at first sight. So without thinking twice, I took the shoes to the checkout counter. I was greeted there by a guy with the name Tom on his badge. Did you see the price? He asked in surprise. Yes, 200000 Here's the credit card. Tom almost dropped his jaw as he processed my purchase. He packed my shoes very carefully, and Lily and I headed for the exit. Suddenly, Tom called out to us in an uncertain voice. Excuse me, I'm going to finish soon. Would you like to have some coffee? Lily and I looked at each other, and then, without even turning around, we laughed out loud. We found the idea of going out for coffee with an ordinary salesman hilarious. My friend and I said goodbye in the parking lot. As I was driving down the highway, in my rearview mirror, I noticed a suspicious car that seemed to be following me. Even pulling into the grounds of my mansion, I saw the same car drive by slowly. Maybe it was just a coincidence, and he was on his way. I walked into the house, a huge mansion on the outskirts of town. Already in the bedroom, I unpacked my purchase. I twirled in the shoes in front of the mirror for a while. 
very beautiful. I wish I could have gone to school in them and wowed everyone. Even though my family was one of the richest in town, I still had to go to an ordinary school with children from poor families. Unfortunately, there were no other schools in the area. Oh, what a contingent it was. For example, the next day while I was walking down the hall, some nitwit shoved me, which caused the books I was carrying to scatter all over the floor. What a jerk. I gritted through my teeth. I agree. Someone handed me one of the books. I looked up and saw the cashier from the store. Tony? I asked in surprise. Tom, actually. Actually, I don't care. I'm new here. Can you show me around the school? I laughed out loud without another word. Carried on with my business. At the end of the day, there was a nasty surprise waiting for me in the parking lot. One of my tires was flat. Oh, crap. Wow, that looks like a serious puncture. Tom whistled. It was like he'd appeared out of thin air. I was not in the mood and barked, Piss off! Okay, just wanted to help you with changing the tire. Wait! <sighs> I sighed heavily. The spares in the trunk. Tom jacked the car up and replaced the tire. He did it easily, like he'd been doing it since he was a kid. When he was done, the guy asked me, How about a cup of coffee now? Just for a little while? I only said yes because he helped me. Tom nodded and jumped in the car. We drove to a coffee shop nearby. At first, Tom struck me as very chatty. But I had to admit, his stories were very funny. One of them made me laugh so hard, <laughs> I even got coffee coming out of my nose. After the cafe, I volunteered to give Tom a ride home. But he politely declined. I shook my hands, started the car, and drove off. I could forget about the meeting, but at dinner, I accidentally spilled grape juice on the white tablecloth, and in the red stain spreading across the table, I suddenly saw Tom's face. There were his cheekbones, his forehead, his funny ears. I admired the stain and sighed languidly. My mother's voice brought me back to reality. Maybe you can help me take off the tablecloth. Okay, Mom. I spent the rest of the evening cleaning the stain and thinking about Tom. This had never happened to me before. I think I'm in love. When I met Lily at school the next day, I told her everything. My friend frowned. That Tom came out of nowhere. Don't you think that's weird? You're right. I should have gotten some information about him. Lily was worried about me. She was my best friend, and she was the only one who could deal with my hot temper. And what was our surprise? When we met Tom again outside the school, in his hand, he held a glass of coffee. Here, your favorite, with almond syrup, I remembered. The guy winked. Oh, thanks, but well, Lily and I have to run. I grabbed a glass, and my friend and I quickly left. I needed a break to find out who this Tom really was. So at night, I planned to check all social media and find out more about him, but not until after the gym, which I did every Wednesday. I stayed a little longer than usual that day, so I had to walk through the dark parking lot to get to my car. Just when I was opening the door, I heard a whistle. When I turned around, I saw the figure of a huge boogeyman emerge from the semi-darkness. He muttered, Beautiful car. Must be expensive. His stone gave me a good scare. I wanted to run away, but my legs stopped responding. I'll call the police! But it wasn't so easy to scare the man. He had already stretched out his arms to grab me. 
I squeezed my eyes shut with fear. But a few seconds passed and nothing happened. I cautiously opened my eyes and saw Tom. Next to the guy was the defeated boogeyman lying on the pavement. He was shaking his fist and screaming in pain. Come on, let's get out of here, shouted my savior. You, you saved me, I whispered. Tom put me in the passenger seat and he jumped behind the wheel. The car screeched out of the parking lot. I told Tom the address of my house. When we pulled up outside the mansion, the guy exclaimed, Wow, this house is huge. While he admired the mansion, I admired him. It was great that he'd saved me and brought me home unharmed. Tom started to say something, but I didn't listen. I clung to my savior and kissed him. Tom hugged me and we kissed for a few more minutes. However, it was time to say goodbye. At home, I couldn't stop thinking about my Prince Charming, and I fell asleep with a smile on my lips. So, did you find out who Tom really is? Lily asked me the next morning. Yes, he's my hero, my savior. My friend was confused when she heard me say that, but I didn't have time to go into details. I wanted to see Tom as soon as possible. So, I invited him over to my house for dinner. Come over tonight, and I'll show you around the mansion. I'm sorry, but I'm not ready to meet your parents yet. He hesitated. Don't worry, they're gone for the weekend. Tom closed his locker, smiled, and nodded. In the evening, I met him on the doorstep, and we had a real tour of my house. We visited almost every room. But for some reason, that study interested him the most. He was looking around with a keen eye. He was especially interested in my dad's safe. Tom kept looking at it and then suddenly started asking strange questions. When did your mom and dad meet? When were you born? And your parents? I was glad that Tom wanted to know more about me and my family, so I gladly answered all of his questions. After the tour, I invited the boy over to the table. We ate and chatted happily, and then Tom poured me my favorite grape juice. I was extraordinarily lucky to meet you here to our meeting, and you. Bottoms up. Wonderful toast, Tom. We clinked glasses, and I drank the juice. Suddenly, my phone rang. It was Lily. I had to leave the table, go up to my room and answer it. My friend was really hysterical. She was screaming, I checked it out! Tom the burglar! No way! I couldn't hear another word. My ears were ringing, my eyes were getting blurry, and my legs buckled, and I fell down. The last thing I remembered was Tom's sly smile, and the rest you already know. When I woke up, my head was literally pounding. Of course, the creep had put something in my glass. Tom had bagged everything he could find, and now he was about to flee the scene of the crime with his girlfriend. I used you to steal your family's money. I felt so sorry for myself, but wanting to rip that bastard to shreds helped me pull myself together. Meanwhile, Tom and his girlfriend jumped in the car. I ran to my dad's office. The safe was open, and there were bills scattered around. So that's why Tom was asking all those questions. He wanted the password to the safe, and apparently, he had succeeded. I rushed downstairs to the main entrance. I opened the doors and saw Tom's car heading for the gate. Well, I'd have to give chase. I wouldn't want to give up everything that belonged to my family that easily. But the tire of my car was flat again. It was in the same place it had been in the parking lot. Now I knew. Tom had a whole plan to lure me into his web. 
He slashed my tire outside the school, and that bouncer didn't just show up at the gym. Tom had sent him too. That bastard had to do everything he could to get me to like him. Well, he succeeded. He had me wrapped around his finger so easily, I ran out into the road in a panic. But all I had to do was to watch the crooks car leave the grounds of the mansion. Exhausted, I sat down on the pavement and wept bitterly. Suddenly, the sound of a police siren was heard somewhere nearby. This was my last chance to set things right. As I ran out the gate, I saw Tom and his girlfriend being detained by the police. Standing next to the police car was my Lily. My friend rushed toward me. Are you okay? I am now. Did you call the cops? Yes, right after the call. We hugged. I was so grateful to Lily for being there for me. You're lucky. The robber took a long time with the safe and didn't have time to get away, said the policeman who came up to us. Thank you, officer. I walked over to the patrol car. Tom was sitting in the backseat handcuffed. He looked at me with eyes full of hate. I smiled and waved. The police left, and Lily and I went back to my place to celebrate my rescue. By the way, that story had taught me something. After I'd almost lost everything, I realized that I was worthless on my own. So it's time for me to change. I'm learning to be kinder and better, and Lily's helping me do that. What life events made you change? It would be great if you could tell me your story in the comments. And don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Bye! Mrs. Dunn, I can't let you in. The head of the mansion's security said sternly, blocking my way to the helipad. He used to be good to me. That's right, I'm Mrs. Dunn. It's my house too. Get out of my way or I'll fire you. I didn't even think I could be so bossy. Your husband said that you are deprived of your right to property. It is true, temporarily. This square cretin coldly wrapped out and smiled disgustingly. You want to know why it all turned against me? Well, okay. My name is April, and this is the story of how I married the ugliest but richest guy for his money. I freaked out and went to the garage, where my faithful personal driver was always waiting for me. But the driver refused to drive me too. He just looked at me in disappointment and said that after what I'd done, he wouldn't even let me get in the car. But we're friends, help me. I pounded my fists desperately on the limo glass. Mr. Dunn is my friend too. I never imagined that you could hurt his heart so much. The driver shook his head and turned away. Well, I don't care. I'll take a cab myself. While I was hailing a cab, it started pouring rain and they wouldn't even let me under the roof. Everyone in the mansion hated me. Although having lived in poverty for a long time, I imagined life in the mansion as something fabulous. You think this is going to be a story about a poor gray mouse that no one noticed? No, it wasn't quite like that. That's the thing, I've always been beautiful. I didn't have any money for makeup, but even without it, guys liked me. In fact, it was for my natural beauty that they valued me. But our life is not a love affair. Beauty doesn't matter to many people, if you don't have a scent. First of all, my terrible worn clothes ruined everything. Even the guys who liked me didn't dare go out with me because they'd just get laughed at. Secondly, my mother worked as a janitor at school and was strict with everyone. She was always trying to protect me, but it didn't help because I was an outcast for the rest of high school. I had a hard time getting into college. 
It was there that I finally began to feel like a normal person. The students didn't pay as much attention to my status. I realized this when all of us, poor and rich alike, gathered for a student initiation ceremony. There were several hundred of us in the gym. Everyone was having fun. And then paint came pouring down from the ceiling. It was really cool. Then the senior men handed out water pistols. We poured water on each other. And student life would have been fine if I hadn't, out of habit, avoided people. I had only one friend, Ellie. I was blowing guys off because I was ashamed of myself. But then there he was, my future husband. There was a rumor going around college that Dylan Dunn was going to appear in person at the session. All the girls were excited, and some of them even changed their looks to get attention. Ha, <laughs> Dylan Dunn. Is that shirt for Dee Dee? That is so ridiculous. I was amused by his first and last name. But Ellie didn't share my humor. This is the son of Alan Dunn himself. Someday his designs will eclipse the glory of Apple. So that's what this is about? Is it all about the money? I didn't even try to hide my disappointment. He is a millionaire, and he must be so handsome that our athletes can't compare to him. No one has ever seen him before. Indeed, Dylan was not on any social network. The mysterious millionaire. And there were a lot of rumors flying around about him. Some of the girls even suggested that Dylan and his family were mysterious vampires with unimaginable wealth, like in Twilight. But the guys were only leaning towards one theory, that Dylan Dunn was just a rich jerk. And then the day X came. Dylan arrived at the college in a fancy limousine. Everyone was shocked. The limo door swung open all by itself. The girls gathered around in anticipation to see how the handsome man would step outside and the sun would sparkle on his cold, pale skin. All these dreams were shattered by amicable laughter and whistling. Out of the limousine came a guy as ridiculous as possible. Nickname Dee Dee suited him perfectly. He was unnaturally thin, with long, bleached hair. Instead of a classy, stylish suit, he wore stretched, shapeless clothes. On the first day, Dylan was named the ugliest guy in the entire college. But you know what surprised me the most? The girls still ran after him. I don't get it, it's about the money again. I was pacing around my friend's room, fiddling with a pillow. People don't care about your looks as long as you have money. Ellie calmly watched how the contents of her pillow were flying all over the room. And you think that's normal? I hate greedy people. April, relax. My friend even stood up. Why does that worry you so much? Because I've never held more than a thousand bucks in my life. I've never had any money, and greenbacks ruined my life in high school. Everybody's so obsessed with it, they forget about humanity. And then I noticed that my friend's entire room was like covered in snow. I destroyed all the pillows. The worst part was realizing that secretly, I wanted to be rich too. I told Ellie one thing, and in my head I kept thinking about the fact that I wanted, for once, to feel what it was like to be rich. And soon, I had a chance to find out. In front of a pair, Ellie caught me in the hallway and took me aside. Dylan likes you! Her eyes lit up with excitement. Why would you think that? He looks at you in that way! And half the girls in college want to kill you for it! That's ridiculous. I turned away and suddenly bumped into Dylan. The weirdo stared at me without blinking, and then he held out his skinny hand and smiled. Oh no. 
or oh yes, what should I do? My head simply shut off at this moment. It's not just a guy, it's a millionaire. If I reciprocate, then all my troubles will disappear on their own. I would have money. On the other hand, I didn't want to stoop to those who chase guys for money. And Dee Dee, though a ridiculous freak, is still a human being. I couldn't do that to him. And you already know that I couldn't resist the temptation for long. It all started with gifts. Dylan didn't dare give them to me personally. He'd toss them to me, or give them to me through the guards. And he himself watched me closely from a distance. At first, I just ignored the gifts, and then I started giving them back. Dylan, don't waste your money and my nerves. I don't want anything from you. I'm sorry, but you are not my type. I returned the unlimited membership to the best spa center in town that he'd given me. Dylan said money was such a small thing. The most important thing is a person's soul. And then he added that he could see he wasn't my type. But he didn't understand that, because other girls are not repulsed by his looks at all. I had to tell him the truth, and I told him honestly that for a purse full of millions, they are ready for many things. I know, he answered with a smile. That's why I like you. Accept my gift. It's from the bottom of my heart. You barely know me. Why all this? Dylan said that I was the only one and that he really liked me. Me? Oh, look, what a beautiful bird. I shouted and ran away like a complete fool while he was looking in the direction I had pointed. My head was filled with all kinds of thoughts. I didn't like Dylan at all, but he liked me. What's more, he is willing to shower me with money just for talking to him. And that's when my head exploded. I started talking to Dylan, and then I started pretending that I liked him. And the more I pretended, the more generous he was. It's true, I had to transfer to distance learning. It became dangerous to be in college. Dylan's admirers gave me hell. Of course they thought it was because I was beautiful, so the main blow fell on my appearance. They pelted me with all sorts of nasty stuff and ruined my clothes. But the most cringeworthy part was ahead. They grabbed me and put a lot of self-tanner on me, and one of them took out a hair clipper and shaved me bald. I ended up being a bald bronze statue. But Dylan didn't turn his back on me and started spending even more money on me. And then we flew to Paris, and he proposed to me, right at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I couldn't refuse. It wasn't out of love. But I tried to kid myself that getting married would make him happy, and me, rich. Everyone will remain on the plus side. Ellie didn't approve of my position. That is so low. I don't believe you will do that. You're the one who disapproved of the pursuit of wealth, and now you're one of those dolls? She didn't even look at me turned her back to the window. And then she continued, you're taking advantage of him. I can't believe my friend has turned into such a monster. And we had a fight. She didn't even come to my fancy wedding. Now I was fabulously rich, but that didn't make me any happier. Money didn't warm my soul. And the longer I lived in Dylan's mansion, the worse I felt. Everyone here adored my husband for his kindness. Already at the age of 19, he was contributing huge sums to charity. What's more, as it turned out, he used to be handsome. Dylan ruined his own looks to show everyone that beauty is not the main thing. And he loved me very much. Everyone at the mansion respected and appreciated me. 
but no one knew what a snake I really was. The situation worsened when I realized I was falling in love with my husband. That's wonderful, you'll say. No, it's a total fiasco, I will answer. At least I used to be able to lie and play my part. But the warmer I felt about him, the harder it was to deal with my conscience. I wish I'd told him the truth right away, but I didn't. I don't know how he found out, but maybe Ellie did. Dee Dee drove away, and I was left in a mansion with people who hated me. That's why I was waiting for a cab in the pouring rain. I knew where Dylan was going. That's why I followed him, to tell him how I felt. Dylan, I love you for real. I couldn't hold back my tears, and I hugged him, but he pulled away. Why should I believe you? You're such a good liar. Dylan, I'm ready to lose all the money. I'm ready to go back to that trailer where I spent my entire childhood, as long as you forgive me and believe in my feelings. You don't have to give me a dime for the rest of my life, but I want to be with you. This conversation went on for a long time, and Dylan said he'd give me another chance, but now everyone would be watching me closely. I paid the price for my greed by losing people's trust, lost a friend, and almost lost my husband. There's only one conclusion to be drawn. Greed ruins lives, turning people into animals. Have you ever succumbed to greed? Share your stories in the comments. Like this video and send it to your friends. Hello everyone, my name is Susie and I will tell you what it feels like to not taste anything at all. I never thought that that was possible in real life, but it turns out that it can happen to anyone. But first things first. It happened one spring day. My older sister and I were cycling in a park not far from our house. In general, I can ride a bike very well, and apart from that, I have quite significant experience in it. I've been cycling since I was six years old, but something went wrong that day. I wanted to show my sister how skillfully I could get from the curb to the road on a bicycle, but because of the wet road, the wheels began to slip and my bike fell down along with me. I could not manage to control the movement of the bike, so I collapsed to the ground and hit my head on the curb really hard. My sister, Melody, immediately rushed to me, but I lost consciousness. I came to my senses a few days later in the hospital. My head was bandaged, and there were a lot of sensors and doctors around. My mom was also present, and when I opened my eyes, she couldn't hold back her tears. It turned out that I had quite a serious head injury, which really scared all my loved ones. That day, it seemed like the worst was over because I finally woke up, but in fact, my biggest ordeal was yet to come. My mom, being happy that I was recovering, wanted to feed me with some tasty homemade food. As soon as the doctors gave the green light for her to do it, mom rushed home to bake my favorite strawberry tart. And finally, the long-awaited piece of tart was in my hand, and I was eagerly taking a bite of it. But suddenly, I faced a terrible disappointment. I couldn't taste anything at all. Then everything was like what you'd see in a movie. My mom was sobbing a lot, doctors were fruitlessly examining me and trying to find the reason for this, and I was crying into my pillow every night so that no one could see it. It turned out that when I fell down and got a head injury, some neural connections in my brain were damaged and I lost the sense of taste. Doctors were shrugging and saying that it would take some time and more thorough examination was required. Although, since then, a little more than a year has passed and I still can't taste anything. It makes my life unbearable and gloomy.
I do not enjoy the food that I eat at all. As a result, I have a poor appetite. I lost weight and started having problems with my immune system due to the lack of vitamins. Doctors prescribe me a bunch of dietary supplements, which I always have to carry with me and take some of them on an empty stomach and others after meals. My classmates began to make fun of me because in the school cafeteria, I always had a pile of bottles with me, but then they found out that I couldn't taste anything and began to make experiments on me, adding a heap of salt or chili pepper to my food. My life began to seem dark and gloomy to me. I became more withdrawn and did not want to talk to anyone. There were days when I did not want to go to school at all, and I came up with various pretexts to stay at home. My performance worsened, although before, I had always gotten good grades. In short, it seemed to me that the whole world was falling apart around me, and this was all because I had lost the sense of taste. At such moments, only reading could save me. I prepared a large cup of hot tea for myself, sat down by the window with a pile of books, and plunged into the unreal fantasy world to escape from my earthly problems. Yes, I did not sense the taste of tea, but it made me feel warm. Once, quite an ordinary morning began as always, with the bullying of classmates, but suddenly something happened that deeply struck me. One of my abusers, his name was Michael, suddenly began to intercede for me. Before that, Michael was absent from school for several days. Why is he protecting me? What happened? Before, he used to mock me, just like everyone else did. These questions were spinning in my mind like flies, but I couldn't find an answer to them. It even seemed to me that he had some tricky plan for me to get my guard down and then hurt me again three times harder. A week had passed since that day and none of my classmates were bullying me any longer. I was so used to being an outcast and a loser in our class that at first it felt totally weird that no one offended me. Later, Michael came up to me and asked to go to the end of the corridor behind the stairs where it was possible to talk face to face where no one could hear us. Well, finally, I thought and followed him. Michael said that he had been absent because he had a sore throat, so he needed to take sick leave. When he was ill, he wasn't able to taste anything for several days, and during this time, he understood how horrible my condition was. He felt ashamed that he had been mocking me and realized that it was not my fault that I suffered from this ailment. He asked me to forgive him and said that he knew how to help me restore my sense of taste, but for this, he needed a little time. After this conversation, I started hoping that I would become like everyone else again. My mood improved, I began to smile more often, and I felt a desire to live. About a month passed since I had that talk with Michael, and he invited me to go behind the stairs again to have a word with me. There, he showed me a small vial with green liquid inside. When I asked what it was, he replied that it was a healing potion, which his grandma, who was a healer, prepared specially for me. Michael said that I should drink it exactly at midnight and then immediately go to bed without talking to anyone. Although I never believed in healers, I did everything as he said. When I opened my eyes in the morning, I immediately rushed to the fridge to try something and see if I could taste anything again. The first thing I found was a watermelon. I eagerly bit off a huge chunk, but then I was disappointed because everything remained the same. At school, I told Michael that the potion had not helped me, but he comforted me and assured me that I had to wait and the effect might not occur right away. I fastened on the hope, catching it like a lifeline, and just started waiting. I believed with all my heart and soul that the sense of taste would surely return to me again. But soon, a miracle happened. One of my classmates gave me candy. 
I took it reluctantly because I still didn't get any pleasure from it, but I didn't want to offend her. Without much enthusiasm, I unwrapped it and bit off a piece and instantly sensed the taste of milk chocolate in my mouth. I could not believe it and started eating more and more of it. Now, I don't know what helped me get my sense of taste back. This could be thanks to the potion given by the healer, my faith, or because of positive thinking. Whatever the truth, with the returning of taste to my life, it acquired fresh colors. I felt complete again. I wanted to study and achieve my goals. This situation showed me that those who we consider our enemies are not always soulless and cruel. Sometimes they're just ordinary humans who are under the thumb of others, and they do not want to stand out from the crowd. Apart from that, I realize that not every diagnosis is a verdict. How important is your taste for you? Have you ever thought about its role in our lives? Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, and you will be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast, My Animated Story, by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.